0: Hi there, it's Samaetia Jordan, I work here at the R.C.Y. on the youth social media team and today I'm going to be talking about forgiveness and want to start with the trigger warning. This podcast contains very serious subject matter that some people may find upsetting. If you need emotional support and you are in B.C., please contact the crisis line at 1-866-661-3311. That's 1-866-661-3311. They also have a youth chat feature online. You can find them at crisiscenter.bc.ca or by googling Crisis Center BC. This is chapter two called Forgiveness. It's hard to forgive somebody who has caused you pain and trauma, no matter how much harm was caused by the incident. Sometimes we can't help the feeling of holding on to it in hopes we can achieve or await some kind of justice. In other words, there are times we wait till they admit their faults, make an appropriate apology, and or suffer the consequences. However, we tend to forget about taking care of ourselves. My perspective of forgiveness is to stop holding on to that anger and pain. You see, it's kind of like a thick layer of hot glue on your feet or shoes. Sure, you can still get places, but not for a long period of time. Eventually you get stuck or get really annoyed. In my opinion, forgiving a person or a situation is like getting a new pair of shoes, or getting the sticky out. This doesn't mean you agree with the situation or forget about it, but it just means moving forward and not allowing it to hold you back. I used to live in this one foster home on and off from about 2001 till about 2012. The longest time and the last time I lived with this foster family was between 2009 and 2012. At first, they were more so like family friends. They communicated with my mom. They helped out with what they could from time to time. We had what my mom thought was a decent relationship, given the circumstances. Until we were placed there with the social workers' intentions of making it permanent in 2009. By then, they cut contact with my family, culture, and basically anyone and anything that had to do with our life before. We had been removed due to abuse and and neglect then placed in a home where we were in the same circumstances but a different way of showing it. We had basic needs met, nobody was partying or using substances, and there was always adults present. However, the abuse remained but was more verbal and sexual abuse. The verbal abuse was there from the beginning, and the sexual abuse didn't start until I was about 10 or 11. When the sexual abuse started, my first thought was that it wasn't real, that it wasn't actually happening. After a while, I would try to hide, I would try to sleep under my bed, or I would stay up all night trying to give the other foster parent a hard time. It never stopped though, so I decided to tell one of the other foster kids in the home when I started to believe it wasn't okay, because I felt scared. This kid became like a protector in a way, they would stay up all night when the foster parent came into the room. The kid would make it known that they were awake. Then the foster parent would leave. Or I would lay on their bed with them and the foster parent would lose interest. The kid was younger than me by a couple of years, but in a way they were like an older sibling. I followed them around. I didn't want to go anywhere without them. One day they encouraged me to tell someone else that it wasn't okay and that we needed to get him but we couldn't with just us. So we told another kid in the house. Unfortunately, they didn't have the same reaction. They were angry, in my opinion, probably more so scared and confused. The kid marched right up to the foster parent and said what we told them about the abuse. From then on, I battled it alone. The foster parent aggressively pulled me out of the room and confronted me. They kept asking me why I would say that, why I would think the foster parent would do that, Did someone in my mom's home hurt me? Is that why I would think that they would do that? I shut down. I stood there and just cried. They just stood there asking these questions over and over. I would answer them honestly, but they would repeat them until I told them what they wanted to hear. Once they got what they wanted to hear, they made me apologize to my foster parent for making such accusation. I had no idea that they were gonna be quick to point the finger at my mom, then brought me down to the police station to make a false report. Again, I told them anything and everything that popped into my head so that they would leave me alone. When I turned 12, I was placed back into my mom's care. I told her one day that I didn't wanna go back and if I didn't have to, if I could just come back home. She said yes, and I was home to celebrate her birthday but it was still a secret. It was still something I was terrified to talk about until I wasn't sleeping anymore. It became emotional and all of a sudden not okay, so my mom confronted me. She knew it had nothing to do with me not wanting to do chores or just wanting to be rude or crying over the smallest things. She knew it was something bigger and informed me that it was okay to talk to her about it, that I needed to talk to somebody about it. I told her I had nightmares of what happened at my foster home and I was afraid of going to sleep. I cried a lot and the whole time I was telling her and a long time after. My mom had no idea what to do at that point. She was just happy I was in her care and she could protect me. She called my Nana and and she said that I needed to go back to the police station and we needed to tell my social worker. During the whole process, the only person who supported me was my mom and there were even times I battled it by myself. My social worker turned her back. I do believe that she did do what she could to make sure that they weren't foster parents though, so that is okay. On the other hand, the police did not do anything in my best interest. I do understand the circumstances of my actions regarding the false police report that I made in order to keep myself safe due to the fact that at the end of the day, I had to go home with these foster parents after the interview. The person who interviewed me was my foster parent's friend. It was to my knowledge because it was not the first time I met the policeman. I met previously before the incident. I don't remember all of the questions, but I do recall the last one. And she asked me to give her one reason as to why she should believe me. They stated that they interviewed everyone in their home and their community that say otherwise and said that they did not understand why I would make such accusations. I was in tears the whole time, and I didn't know what to say. So I just said, I don't know, and I left. I felt alone when I kept it a secret, but I felt even more alone exposing it. I was stuck in the mental state all the way until the beginning of senior year. I dreamed about walking up with some buddies and beating them up. I dreamed about going to their house and throwing bricks through their bay windows because it hurt. I was hurt that nobody believed me. It made me angry, but it also made me sad and isolated from everyone. I felt like the foster parents mocked me. They stood there and they were like, ha ha, I ruined your life and there's not a damn thing you can do about it. The difference between physical and mental abuse is the physical abuse was more explicit to the eye, giving a social worker a pretty clear interpretation of physical abuse and neglect. On the other hand, in my foster home, they mentally broke me and it was not explicit. They also had a huge community on their side that could say otherwise. So there was a false interpretation of these foster parents. I was also physically fit and strong, but mentally I was broken. I sat in my classroom one day and for whatever reason, I could just not shake it. I was sitting there just mad about everything until my English teacher encouraged me to write. I just had to find a topic. So I just thought, my foster parents never believed me. My social worker and the company they worked for for whatever reason seemed to not believe me. The police station and the city they were located did not believe me. And even some of my own family didn't believe me. What can I do to make this better for me? What can I do to stop hurting and taking my power back? Forgive, I needed to forgive them for what they did. I also needed to tell them that I forgive them. So I wrote him a letter that day and I walked six blocks away from my school and hand delivered it to them. And this is what it said. Dear whom this may concern, my name is Samantha Jordan. You may know me as someone else. I'm 18 years old now and I'm on the path to graduate. I've come a long way since the last time I saw you. In order to continue my journey, I must make some changes. You never really had a chance to get to know me. However, I'm quite intelligent and have talent in various subjects such as art and writing. I also have some amazing leadership skills and a very expressive personality. Your mistake only affected me temporarily This is my way of not allowing it to affect me permanently. I know that this will not be easy to read, but sometimes things we need to hear are not easy to listen to. My intentions of this letter is to help the both of us, but that depends on your interpretation. I lived in your home for approximately two years. In my experience, it was discriminating and abusive for reasons I may never understand. The most traumatic events I encountered were done by you. I was sexually abused and bullied when your job was to protect me. I was then humiliated for months after confronting you about it. I was forced to lie and make accusations when I was taken to the police station. Over the years, I have been able to understand that as a child who has grown up in an abusive environment, they're not as stupid as you may think. They will tell you what you need to hear until it's safe to state the truth. However, I will say that in this situation, it was not all your wrongdoing, but you did make the mistake that caused it. My social worker and the police failed to investigate. Your partner did not believe me and failed to report my accusations against you. To this day, this has been swept under the rug by not only you, but the police, my family, MCFD, and the RCMP station. For about seven years now, I have felt alone in this situation, and it turns out I'm not. It's hard because there is this constant feeling that no one will believe you and that no one cares. I like to watch a show called Law & Order: Special Victims Unit. I sometimes wish that Detective Olivia Benson was there when I was taken to the police station. However, in this show, I've been able to understand that a lot of offenders were once victims. I will not assume that this is the case for you, but I understand what it feels like to have to keep a secret, and it hurts. Although I have repeatedly thought about throwing a brick through your bay window, I personally do not believe that one should be punished in this situation. I believe that in order for me to move forward, I must forgive. It is not worth the extra weight on my shoulders. On the other hand, I am in hopes that you have the ability to forgive yourself and get the help that you need. From what I recall, you have a lot of grandchildren. I do not have very many healthy male role models in my life, so I understand the importance of needing them. I do not want you to one day sacrifice the relationship between you and your family due to unresolved issues. I'm writing this letter in hopes that you do not make the same mistake twice, that you can move forward as well. Keeping secrets will only make things work. Deep wounds will not heal unless you get some stitches in order to get some stitches you must get some help i'm 18 years old if i can do it then so can you i am okay and one day so will you be sincerely samatzi jordan this is a lot easier said than done but i can't tell you enough how important it is to forgive i battled it alone And I came out of it alone with my head held high, felt like a whole boulder came off my chest and I could finally fly. You can do it too. You can forgive and move forward. It's a beautiful thing. And that is all I have today for chapter two. And I hope you join me next time for a chapter three.